USB microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Do you hear that? Hear what? I'm receiving some sort of transmission. You don't hear it? No, I don't hear anything. What does it sound like? It's some sort of music. Music? Routed through the main system. Good idea. Routing now. Welcome to another episode of Wookie Radio. Um, new theme song, guys. Yeah, I forgot we had a new theme song. So thank you to Alex and Luke from Bodacton. It's a great French-Canadian band from the Quebec regions of Canada. If you're ever in a spot where you could check them out, check them out. I mean, you've heard us talk about them before in the past, um, back when they were here at Epcot. It's The guys are great, and we th- we thank Alex and Luke for, for the new song. It's it's awesome. I love the bagpipes. Groovy, yeah. man. Groovy. I, I love the bagpipes. The bagpipes is the Star Wars theme. <laughs> so, but we never did ask Chewie what he thought. <laughs> I guess he approves. Sounds like it to me. So, um, how you guys doing? Oh, pretty good. It, it is Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. The, uh, the scandal, the, the scoundrels who know something. <laughs> <laughs> I know well, one or two things. I don't know. I don't know what those one or two things are, but I do know one or two things. Well, we're the intrepid trio over a mighty Marvel geeks. We got to come up with something for something. I'll work on it. There we go. Because it was Kylan who came up with the intrepid trio for mighty Marvel <laughs> geeks. Believe it or not. Well, DC cut superpowers with a dynamic duo of junior Justice Leaguers. <laughs> We be geeks. We're just geeks. Geeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, in the in the immortal words of um, Freddie Glassy, the pencil neck geeks. <laughs> uh, that we're not. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that means. I don't know either. You'd have to ask him, but he's long gone by now. Yeah, oh, that was just that was old school Freddie Blassie, though. Yeah, I mean, who knew what he meant by a lot of things? <laughs> you didn't have to make sense. You just had to get on the mic and have people watch. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how's everyone doing? Good, pretty good. Well, well, I got I got a cold, but other than that. So, so Derek has a cold, yeah. and, and the, it's okay. I Winter has finally arrived for everybody up north. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? It arrived, then it left, then it came back. Then... Yeah. Okay. I, I know what? it doesn't mean much, but there were a couple nights we got down into the low, into the mid to low 30s here in, in the Florida oh, area. Oh, wow. Whoa. That's cold. Well, for yeah. us, that is cold. I think there was a couple of days we got to the high of the mid 30s up here. <laughs> yeah. That's where we're at right now. <laughs> yeah, but you, you got to remember, too, Florida, it drops below 65. Everyone's breaking out ski gear. Mm. In Ohio, so. if it's at 65, you're thinking about, well, should I take a jacket with me or not? 
That's right, because it was uh, in the low 40s today, and my wife and I went out for ice cream. Wow. And probably just in hoodies, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Well, you know what? I think I'm still going to be wearing shorts when I go to... <laughs> Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, just rub it in. <laughs> what, I'm going to be in shorts like I was today? Then you'll be in celebration. Uh, How did you get tickets to Endor? I know people. <laughs> he has an in with a mouse. Yeah. It, it's, it's friends of Wookiee Radio. <laughs> I didn't know we had any friends. They, they know people who know people who freeze people who... <laughs> um, no, celebration's coming up. We are, uh, what is the official celebration? We're about that far ticker? away. Yeah, we are about that far away. Uh, according to this recording, celebration is 25 days, one hour, nine minutes, and 28 seconds. So figure What's the date out on that? The, the dates of the show is April 13th through 16th. So that's only a week after WrestleMania. That's going to be a busy two weeks in um, Orlando. Uh, how about busy three weeks? Because we go from WrestleMania. Wait, that's a week and a half after WrestleMania. Because WrestleMania yeah. is on the second. Then we have a week off from nothing. Then we have Celebration starting on the 13th. And then ending on the 16th. And then uh, starting either Thursday or Friday, the 20th or 21st, is the Star Wars Half Marathon. Ah, okay. Here at Walt Disney World, so... So I wonder how many people are just going to um, stay in the hotel over the week and hit the marathon, too. I'm sure there'll be a Who few. Knows? You go to Celebration, so, then um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you um, hit the parks. Yep. So uh, the prints for the art show have been um, have been announced. Some great art out there. Uh, oh, yeah. Alex Bouchelle, uh, Brad Hudson. Brian Rude, uh, Katie, Katie Cook, Chris Trevis, um, Jeff Carlisle, uh, Joshua Smith, um, I mean, I'm not even covering everyone who's in this. Matt Bush, Randy Martinez. I mean, there's some great pieces out there. And, and you can pre-order now. If you go to celebration.com, you can pre-order a good chunk of this. Um, and the pricing's not that bad on a lot of these. Uh, pricing ranges anywhere from like, I'm seeing lowest like thirty five bucks. Yeah. Up to okay. I think one of the most expensive ones I've seen is like a hundred bucks. That's not bad either. Really. So. And I know um before they announced the right before they announced this, I um I was actually talking to Jeff Carlisle. I'm actually friends with him. I saw him at a convention up here and um I he told me some of the work that went into his print and it, it is amazing some of the stuff he's done to do that print. If you guys get a chance to see the print of it. His, his print's going for forty bucks. Yeah. So. I may have to see him at, when I see him at one of the other shows that I would go to and pick it up yeah. from him there. Well, hopefully we could possibly get him on before Celebration to talk yeah. about the print even. Yeah, hopefully. So, um, but also, too, uh, Hallmark has announced their exclusives. They're doing they, – they have that line called Itty Bitties. Have you all seen those? Yeah. They're, yeah. Doing, they're doing Snaggletooth and Hammerhead on oh, cards. Cool. <laughs> and then cool. they're doing, And they're doing a blue Snaggletooth loose. I want the blue one. Nice. For those of you who are in the know, you understand why the blue one's going to be very popular. Yep. I had that. I had that sear set that came out with the blue snaggletooth. Then they realized, oh no, it's wrong. It should be red. And I believe he was in the. I want to say the red snaggletooth came out during the second wave of uh, action figures late in '78. 
if I remember right. I don't uh, know. I wasn't I, old enough to remember. I think, yeah, I think I think if I remember correctly, yeah. Yeah. You old guys were old enough to have those toys. Because <laughs> the, the Greedo set, or the Cantina set came out early, so, you know, shortly after the, the um, early bird. Right. So, and all it was was a cardboard cardboard stand-up with, with white pegs on it for the yeah. figures. That was it. Yeah, I'm watching and I'm going to see, um, I'm trying to make a short list of things I want, some people that I know that might be going to the show <laughs> to pick I, up for me. I'd have to send it back to them. I, I, don't, I don't know anyone going, so I can't help. I don't know. <laughs> that, um, that Luke Skywalker in the X-Wing outfit, um, Black Series figure looks awesome. Oh yeah, I saw that. Where did you see uh, this at? It's well, that that's what they announced for. Um, hang on, let me look it up. They put there's going to be a um, the six inch Black Series um, from Hasbro has a Luke Skywalker in the X-Wing outfit exclusive for celebration. See, I have not seen it. I have not seen this announcement, so I'm glad you. They announced it at Toy Fair, I think. Did they? How did I miss it? Well. The other, we talked about it on here. I don't remember. Uh, I haven't. Yeah, I've, we did, didn't we? I, I've slept and not slept since then. <laughs> um, well, I know DK Books is going to have an exclusive cover for Thrawn. That's one of the other ones I, I'm putting on the um, list of stuff. The the final, the fourth um, exclusive from Hallmark is a Macquarie Stormtrooper ornament. Awesome. Um, Kodo US. Oh, I, oh, this this is my oh. I have the ex- I have the exclusive from Celebration Six. They are doing for Celebration Orlando. They're doing R two X two, which was one of the droids that was destroyed. That was in an X wing that was destroyed during the Battle of Yavin. There's an R five D four, and these are the Artifacts Plus Ooh. line, which are amazing. Yeah. Uh, an R four. They're doing R four M nine and making their first appearance ever. Check the Skype chat. There's that figure. Okay. Making their first appearance ever as a collectible. Triple Zero MBT-1. From Darth Vader and Dr. Aphra. I want... Oh, my God. I want so bad. Uh, I'm going to put the link in the Skype chat. I know... I'm going to post these up on, on Wiki Radio on the um, Facebook page as well. But, oh, my, when you see these. Um, and courtesy of Ken, who found it through Toy Arc, um, the Black Series, from Hasbro, the Black Series 40, 40th Anniversary Star Wars A New Hope um, X-Wing Pilot. I didn't know this was going to be on a vintage card instead of the black box. Yeah. Oh, do they That's say how beautiful? They don't say how much it's going for, do they? It, six inch black series. It's usually right around twenty bucks. Yeah, but we're talking exclusive though. Yeah. yeah. So well, it should still be like twenty bucks in the store and like one hundred fifty bucks on eBay later. Yeah, I wouldn't. Be, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if this goes for thirty bucks on, on site. But this is going to be the first because they didn't. They didn't have a store at celebrate at C, Celebration Six, which was here. I don't know if they had anything at Anaheim, but this, this would be worth it. I'm looking at it. I, I'm digging it. Um, well, you're going to have to pick up two of them if you pick up one. <laughs> Fun- <laughs> Funko is – they're doing a lottery on March 20th, um, and so you could get in line and get get your product there. Um so I have to see. You know, I'm applying. Hopefully, I'll get in for one of the lotteries. If not, I'll see what happens. But I, I, have if, no... um, I wonder if Smuggler's Bounty is going to actually have a celebration box for the next one. This one, this month is not. I think it's Star Wars Rebels. But in two months, I wonder if they're going to do a celebration box. 
I I don't know. I know I know they're doing they're doing some things that are um, like I said they're doing the lottery and with the yeah. lottery it's you, if you if you get one of the two sessions you get in and you get to get your exclusives and then if there's anything left they're going to open up at two o'clock because we know Funko is going to be just that popular. Oh yeah, um, they're going to sell out as quick as they open up. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember who else I've heard with exclusives. I'm thinking I'm missing somebody. I mean, there's going to be a lot of companies there. I still have yet to hear if Marvel's going to be there. Um, hmm. Apparently, there will be something uh, on... Okay. Kathleen Kennedy and Rian Johnson, who is the director of The Last Jedi, Last Jedi will be at Celebration Friday, April 14th, for a Last Jedi panel. Ooh. Awesome. Um, and then I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the Star Wars show and they've, they have a sample of the, uh, Black Series, Luke Skywalker figure, and it's, it's nice. Um, it almost looks like the newer vintage card. Yeah. Uh, we said when, it had the hollow foil lettering and stuff. Yeah. It does have the foil. Um, but they, now they're showing stuff from Slideshow. See, I don't think Slideshow is going to be there. They weren't, they weren't there last time. Really? Yeah. Wow. They, they weren't at C5 or C6. Huh. Um, well, they, I think they hold out a lot of their stuff till, um, Comic Con in San Diego. They, they tend to. Even though, that's, even, but Celebration is such a, a market. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's weird because there's so many of these large conventions now. It used to be you had San Diego and like New York, and that was about it for when it came to major comic cons. Now you got San Diego, New York, Celebration, Wizard. Uh, there's 900 Wizard Worlds, and right. the the major corporate style conventions are almost flooding the market at this point. Every two months you have another big one. WonderCon is I think already gone is either already gone by or it's coming up next month. Yeah. Everybody wants to be San Diego Comic-Con now. Yeah. And then Marvel has their own events that they announce stuff at so they don't even go to Comic-Con anymore. Yep. Well, and there's like D23 and Yeah, that's the other one I I forgot about with D23. Well, I believe they will be at um well, Mar- I think Marvel will be at Comic-Con this year. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I don't know. With D23, they might not be. Just dep- depends on what's going on. Depends on what yeah, Disney usually, wants to do remember, with it. If I remember right, um, Star Wars and Marvel do usually show up at D23, but it's something real small. They'll do a couple of panels or something. Yeah. yeah. But a, lot of times they, a lot of times the announcements happen at D23, yeah. Yeah. But we'll see what happens with, with Comic-Con, especially since you got Inhumans coming up. You've got oh, yeah. Cloak and Dagger. You've got the movies. Stuff like that. I mean, they could save it for D23. Because D23 is, I think, the month, a month or two after. Well, no, it's the month after Comic-Con. So they just might hold off and wait this year. Next year, they'll have a presence at Comic-Con again. Because D23 is every other year. So, Um, Actually, this kind of goes in with this. We're talking about announcements and stuff. When do you think we're going to finally get the um, Last Jedi trailer? Think they're going to just wait? At this point, they're just going to wait and drop it at Celebration? I think so. That would be my guess. Because I know the first panel on Friday, the opening day of the con... Is supposed to be a la- is, that's when the last Jedi panel is right? No, that's no, the no, second no. day last of the Jedi con. Later. But, that's the um, second day of the con. Panel, first day. I know first day is Thursday. Is Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy and some other people are actually supposed to be the opening panel and uh, the other big opening well, ceremonies that, thing. That's that's the opening ceremonies. Yeah, but I, they made sure it there. I just uh, hope so they like, stream it like they did the last the uh, um the last couple. So the rest of us who can't afford to go down to Florida to see it can actually <laughs> um play get the get a cold and stay home from work <laughs> and sit in front. <laughs> Watch celebration. I know, uh, right? 
That would be I, awesome. I, I might, I might have to buy plane tickets. I might have to buy a hotel room. <laughs> oh wait, no. I think the thing I might have to buy most is gas. It's the joys of it's being like 10, minutes away. 10 15 minutes away from the convention center. I've had people oh, go, I've distance. had people asking me, where are you, where are you staying? Where are you staying? I'm like, home. No, really. <laughs> home. <laughs> um, but no. Well, if I was the, down there, I might be knocking on your door. <laughs> I mean, for, for featured exhibitors, uh, we got Lego. So who, and they haven't announced anything yet. So who knows what they've got coming? Uh, um, American Tourister, shows. Gentle Giant. Gentle Giant hasn't announced, as far as I know, they haven't announced their stuff yet. Wow, SciShow is going to be there this year. Oh, cool. Uh, Sphero's going to be there. I want a BB-8 so bad. Um, Mattel's going to be there. I already asked to see if Patty Jean was going to be there because she does stuff with Mattel. She said probably they're going to hire local local actors to do it. Uh, Think Geek's going to have some stuff. I want to get their patch. I want. They're going to have. A, they're probably going to have a celebration patch. I want the patch. Yeah. Because yeah. I, yeah, I, I am seriously because I'm seriously considering the bag of holding con edition because here's, oh, yeah. here's my patches from the last two celebrations. Oh, nice. And I want oh, to throw cool. the. I want to throw those on the on the bag. Oh yeah. See, awesome. I have their um their regular messenger bag of holding, and this thing is amazing. It is like a bag of holding. You, it's a lot bigger on the inside than it looks. Is it? But, and then yeah. they just they just came out with 2.0 see the 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 regular bag of holding is is more than i want yeah but the the con edition would be perfect uh brett uh, yeah. weeby geeks has it yep so i know a couple other people with it um anvos is going to be there um penguin random house uh dk uh who else is going to be there um Oh, superhero stuff who we're affiliated with. They're going to oh, be cool. there. Cool. So I'm hoping to catch up with Brian again from superhero stuff. Um, and they got some, of course, superhero stuff's got the hero box and they've just changed it up to where now it's based around hats is the big thing in it. And that's helped set okay. your price point. And it's whether you get the, um, the higher end 5950s with the, f- the flat bill or the 3950s, which is the curve bill, which I have one coming up for the flash that I got. Oh, cool. Uh, and I, I don't I, know. I don't like flat bill hats. Flat bill hats look, I, just look silly to me. They yeah. don't feel Maybe right. I'm old. Maybe it's because I'm old. <laughs> I know, I'm right? Old <laughs> I don't like the way they feel, and I don't like if you try to mold them, it's almost impossible to mold. Yeah. Because they have a, I would have gotten a Star Wars one. Because one of the options with the Scarif Trooper hat, this hat is phenomenal. I didn't even look to see if New Era was going to be there. Probably not. No, they're not going to be there. But th- there's no way the exhibit hall list is, is complete yet. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm i pretty stoked. I, I, I really am. New Era caps, maybe not. All right, here we go. Uh, oh, no era cap. I mean, new era is doing a great job with their with their stuff. But when when you guys see this uh, see this um, feature, where is it? All right, w- when you guys see this hat, you'll you'll love it. All right, here here's their Star Wars selection on the shop, and you'll see the you'll see the Scarif Trooper hat, their Shore Trooper hat. I mean, it's right there on top. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is so awesome. But it's yeah. flat bill. 
Yeah. I don't I don't want flat bill. Is that all they do nowadays? No, because you look that Rogue One had next to, right next to it is beautiful. I, I like that. That's my style. Oh yeah. But you look that, at that. That's like the only one. The thirty nine thirty is the is the curved bill. You can't you really can't curve the, the flat bills. They're they're hard they're difficult to do. I'm so I'm so tempted to call New Era and go, I, I want a scarif hat, the scarif trooper, the short trooper, but I want it curved. I don't want it I don't want it flat. Give me that option. But here but hero stuff, they have it for uh the scarif, they have the death trooper. Um who else do they have? Let me get to their, their page. And of course it comes with a t shirt still, uh which is part of their you know, part of the appeal you know, part of the deal with their boxes. Um they have the Star Wars hat box is the the Death Trooper. Come on, open up. Uh the the Scarif Trooper uh, a Rogue One print hat, um, which is a nice Oliver print hat, and the Death Trooper hat, and they're all, and they're all, but they're all flat bills. Yeah, of course. But inside the box, though, you get um, the New Era hat, a T-shirt, an assortment of other items. Uh, like with with the Flash hat, I got a mug, the T-shirt, the hat, um, a keychain, uh, a sticker, uh, like a bumper sticker, and um, I think a button. But the 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 majority of the the cost is the hat itself because like the the scare I mean the Star Wars hats are sixty nine bucks each yeah well if you go to well, it's kind of ridiculous yeah I think on the prices on hats because it's the it, same it way is. with um. The only sport I ever watch really is baseball, and I'd love to get a couple of the newer Cleveland Indians hats. But you're talking thirty bucks to start with for one of the ones they actually wear on the field. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, here, here's the deal: sixty nine dollars for the box for the Star Wars superhero box. The the Sand Trooper hat for or the the Scare the Shore Patrol the Shore Trooper hat is fifty five ninety nine, which is pretty much what New Era. You know, if you're gonna buy it from New Era, it's the same price. So that's over two thirds of your cost of your box. Right there. I mean, and, and with these, you're guaranteed, what do they say? Guaranteed $100 worth of, of value, $100 plus in value. Mm. And when they say, well, how many times have I done hero boxes in the past? When they say you're going to get whatever the, the return value-wise, they're not kidding. You're getting the return. So, I mean, you, you, you can't go... R- I, I found you can't go wrong with the Hero Box. It's not a subscription. You buy what you want when you want. Um, so, I mean, it's worth checking out. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like that aspect, actually, that it's not a subscription. You buy what it, when you want yeah. to. Well, it's like the, the hat I got from... Um, from uh, what you call it? From from Hero Box is is an exclusive to superhero stuff, right? So I mean, you're you're not gonna find. I've already checked. You're not gonna find the hat I got at 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 their uh, at their sh- you know on their site. You're gonna you're only gonna find it at superhero stuff. So um so yeah, you can't beat that. So hopefully they'll have an exclusive box for celebration as oh, well. Oh, they probably will. Um, yeah, something. But I mean, you can't go wrong with superhero stuff. You can always access. Superhero stuff through WookieRadio.net and go right in, pick up a box, pick up Star Wars stuff, T-shirts, hats, whatever, before Celebration. It's all right there. Just go to WookieRadio.net, and there's a link that takes you directly to Superhero stuff. Actually, so, have we ever actually announced it on here that we have WookieRadio.net now? Because I know that happened within the last month. Uh, I don't think I, we ever have. I thought we we've did. We've never actually talked about that. No, we, we didn't. The, the we've website. talked about it, but I don't think we've told the listeners. <laughs> Yeah. The what the website is officially wookieradio.net. 
is where you can go to catch the show. You can still catch it at WeebyGeeks.net as well. And I know some listeners are going, yeah, I go to WeebyGeeks.net and it shows, it, it, it shows as WeebyGeeksPC.com. Well, WeebyGeeks.net is a redirect to PC.com. It's just easier to say WeebyGeeks.net. <laughs> Enough said. Um, and of course, Mighty Marvel Geeks is MightyMarvelGeeks.net as well. But yeah, w- go to WookieRadio.net. Click the Superhero <laughs> Stuff link. It'll take you right to SuperheroStuff.com. We're the Hero Shop. We're the Rebel Shop. We're the Empire Shops, too. So check them out. Um, so from there, I I just, I haven't seen any other, um, whatchamacallit, any other, I mean, I've checked Rebel Scum. Um, if you're a member of the forums at RebelScum.com, they're doing badges again. Uh, so if you've been a member, go sign up and you're going, go sign up and you get it. Uh, or they could get, you could get it if you get, if you catch it time so um yeah i don't i don't know what else <laughs> you, you you could uh according to rebelscom.com there's a chance that bodie rook could be the exclusive for celebration which wouldn't be too okay. bad considering the actor is going to be at the show signing on yeah i was just saying they just announced that that riz ahmed and um anthony daniels will be there but then again you kind of expect anthony daniels is going to be at any star wars show yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and he's really good with the fans as well yeah so um but this is still speculation about Bodie Rook. Um, nothing's official until the until Funko officially announces. And like I said, the Funko lottery is going to start live Monday at March twentieth at noon Eastern time. So oh, I better be at work. <laughs> I need to make sure I get to work early so I could get get on my phone and sign up. <laughs> so, ah, you got, yeah. I was looking at. Um, we were talking about who's going to be there. They actually, if you go to the celebration site and look at um, on the show floor exhibitors, they have two hundred nine different exhibitors listed. Then you go to featured exhibitors. Um, um, the featured one, that's probably the one you just looked at, isn't it? Yep, it's the one I just ah, looked okay. at. But 209, that's, that seems low compared to what's been in the past. Okay. So, so yeah. Um, but we got Rebels to talk about as well. We yes, we do. Episodes. Yes, we certainly do. I suppose I shall go first then. You shall. <laughs> since well, since have... your episode happened before the other one. Ah, uh, technicalities. <laughs> so... Here's 10, 10 highlights from the episode Double Agent Droid, which was last week. I actually enjoyed that one. That was, yeah, that, like that was a really good episode. It really was. I, I've heard a lot of people, criti- you know, they criticize, oh, it was horrible. It was it was just a, a filler episode. It was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. And it actually answered something a lot of people have criticized throughout the entire show, how Chopper is your best spy in the world, and all you got to do is change the paint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that actually, they answered that now in this. Yeah. So, here we go. The first highlight, number one, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> listening, <laughs> listening to AP5 and Chopper arguing while poor Wedge was stuck in the middle was priceless. Musical fans will enjoy a little something extra in this back-and-forth droid fest that goes non-stop for roughly the first five minutes in one form or another. Yeah. It was, that was a lot of fun watching them go. It was like, it was like R2 and C3PO, but like extended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like intensified. <laughs> Uh, number two, Lobot, Sebo, and... Oh, look, we have a ship of Lobot headgear-enabled intelligence officers. That was very interesting. Oh, yeah, but did you, did you catch, though, that it kind of had a... Um, 
a a nod to th to the control room scenes of THX eleven thirty eight. No, I missed that. No, that yeah. not, I didn't see THX yet. I I, what, I need to see it. I haven't seen that in ages. And then the and then the main the main or the head of that ship looks looks like somebody we might know or might be known in the Star Wars ranks. Yeah, uh, just a it certain look familiar. Just a certain head of the story group. Uh. Pablo Hidalgo. <laughs> Well, also, um, the one guy there, as far as I know, and I heard a couple other podcasts trying to figure this out, too, and as far as everybody else could tell, it's the first time we've ever seen anybody in Star Wars wearing glasses. Yes, I noticed that, too. I was like, hey, I, get, I don't again, recall ever seeing that before. That's Pablo. And if I remember right, yeah. Well, also, the um, the actor who plays this character, I believe, is Josh Gad. It is. He did the voice of this one, uh, and he that also. It is Josh Gad. So, so anybody who doesn't know who that is, look up some of his videos of, um, he's right now, filming, what is it, Murder on the Orient Express with Daisy yeah. Ridley? Yeah. And he keeps putting out videos of ambushing her and asking her about details about episode 8. Oh, the, the last one was great with J.J. Uh, Abrams at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, he had question. like a lineup of like 10 different people there. They were all celebrities. Yeah. So the one thing I wonder about the glasses, though, is I'm pretty sure they could probably in, in that universe fix everybody's eyes, either through cybernetics or surgery or whatever. Yeah. I so I want. So my guess would be that that's his choice to wear those glasses for some reason. Could be. So maybe he might have an interesting backstory. Who knows? Maybe someday wait, we'll the find. Expanded universe get to work. It, yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's quite shocking. Oh wait, did I just hey. did I do a little foretelling there? Yeah, yeah. a little. Well, hey, maybe it'll be as interesting as the history of um, C-3PO's red arm. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You you had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> oh, let's see. So where was I? <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Uh, the most expensive let's... free comic book day book ever. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, ship full of, of intelligence officers. They may not have much in the way of personality and voice inflection, but you have to admit they're good at finding and interpreting data. Yeah, well, they got a heck of a ship there yeah. mm-hmm. to work with. Uh, next, the M- MSE droid, or mouse droids, as some people know them, can never catch a break. Of course, if you had to listen to AP5 rattle on, you might kick a mouse droid too. AP5's awfully proud of himself, praising his intelligence and skill the whole way through getting the codes. Then again, while he's off admiring Imperial hallways and tricking other droids, he leaves Chopper to get hacked. Number four. And as we learned, AP5 may be good at a lot of things, but as we learned um, in the last episode or a couple episodes ago, and he is one of the worst um, lookouts you could ever have. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I really like AP5. He uh, he amuses me quite yes. quite a lot. Uh, number four, resistance is futile. Wait a minute. I think we're in the wrong uh, show. We're crossing the streams. <laughs> the controller is controlling Chopper, but he's not. He's, but he's not what you call up to speed on what makes Chopper, well, Chopper. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. He's decided to roll the dice to get the info on the rubble base, and he's super lucky that Wedge is flying instead of Ezra, Zeb, or Hera, because they'd know something was up immediately. Granted, AP5 is suspicious, but Chopper bringing Wedge a drink was definitely a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> All of a sudden, Chopper actually wants to do what you tell him to do? That's a little I, weird. I know. That was pretty funny. The zip heard round the world. Poor AP5. No matter what he does, he just looks jealous and paranoid, especially after barging in on Wedge. That was Another first in Star Wars. <laughs> yes. That yeah. was very interesting. I like this. Number six. Something's not right with Chopper. You think? <laughs> What gave you that clue? <laughs> Number seven, it's a trap. Yeah, it's it's great what? that everyone. What were, were you looking for for something? I I thought you might have had something ready, but <laughs> I, I I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well then, I shall continue. Okay, it's great that everyone's on board with Chop not being Chop, but you'd think someone would have thought about staying behind just in case. We really did have a rogue droid on our hands. It's a trap. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you, <Rebel. laughs> Apparently, somebody had to wake him up. Not only do they all get trapped in the engine room cargo bay, but it looks like they may have said goodbye to a perfectly useful Imperial shuttle. It's Everyone a nap. Has- <laughs> Everyone has promised AP5 that they'll listen to him next time, but they won't. No. I actually have won't. that pillowcase. I have a pillowcase that's Akbar on it, and it says it's a nap. Ah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, open the cargo bay doors, Chop. It's a really good thing Hera's a fast thinker and has a well-designed ship or our crew would have been space debris. Once again, it's AP5 to the rescue. I'm sure he'll remind everyone later. Oh, yeah. As he takes a walk outside to hit the override. Next thing we know, here comes Chopper, guns a-blazing. AP5 manages to hit the override, but he's left floating in space. <laughs> I, I love that whole sequence. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. It was so awesome. It, t- tell me that sequence didn't... I mean, the fact that AP5 sounds a little like Alan Rickman, and yes. tell me that didn't feel like a um, Hitchhiker's Guide type scene. I was going to say, it, it, yeah. it, it, it felt very much like a hitchhiker scene. Yeah, definitely. I was, I was waiting for a flower to, to float by. Yeah. <laughs> or a dolphin to swim by in the background. Yeah. yeah. Well, those, those creatures we've seen before, didn't we see them? Yeah, the little uh, face hippos. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. Number nine. Hey, you, Imperial Slimo. One of the biggest mistakes the controller made was messing with Hera's droid and her ship. Yeah. Now he's going to pay. Ezra's, uh-oh, Hera's mad is an understatement, to say the least. You mess with Hera, her droid, her ship, or her family, you die in a ball of fire. That's just how it goes. You don't want to make Hera angry. <laughs> Certainly not. That was awesome, though. Yeah, it was. Number 10, AP5 has found his happy place. It's probably my favorite part of the whole show, the whole episode. Uh, too bad he can't stay. I need to know what those little flitters are called. They're adorable. Also, who knew AP5 was a song and dance man? The good news is Chopper's safe, and it looks like they've thwarted the Empire. Or have they? For now. Either way, everyone's back to normal now, and that controlled chaos is just fine with Hera. Yep. Yeah. Well, that, the only thing I had on this episode that was uh, not a negative exactly, but really, there was no point when you got to the end of it. Because the whole thing of this yeah. other ship was they were trying to get the location of the Rebel base. And um, it's like this this one being that it's two episodes before the last episode, this could have been a loss for the Rebellion and have them not know that. If they had actually gotten the, maybe the plans for the Rebel base, that gives them um, gives them a reason to abandon Chopper Base and possibly move to Dantooine. Because we know we need to get the Rebels to Dantooine before we move on too far. Right. So even if they got just a partial location and they actually just knew what system they were in, mm. I think it would have helped. It could have helped with the story a little bit more. 
Yeah. So, but other than that, it, I had fun with it. I mean, I I enjoyed um, droid episode like for the Clone Wars. I did not mind the um, Gascon episodes with the droids no, in the desert. I didn't mind were, that. I yeah. liked them. those were great as well. So, I mean, that's another one that was touted as one of the worst episodes in Clone Wars or whatever that series. But I thought they were fun. Yeah, I like it. It's nice to have a fun episode like that every once mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah, Shake nothing it up. too serious. Shake it up. Yeah. Shake it up, baby. So, I don't know. Do, do you guys have anything else for Double Agent Droids? No. Uh, nope. Other than it was fun. Oh, yeah. Full episode. Well, the next one, I, I got all excited. At all this half of the season, I've been waiting for this episode, and it just it just didn't do it, I don't think, for me. There was some yeah. great stuff yeah. in it. I love some of the stuff in it, but it just wasn't enough. I think, yeah. it, was, I think it was the payoff wasn't, wasn't enough. Yeah. Well, just, according to Wikipedia, well, go ahead. I was gonna say yeah, it, it just didn't. It just didn't feel. <laughs> yeah, uh, but we had a couple of guest stars in here because um, James Arnold Taylor and Stephen Sand both play Obi Wan Kenobi in this. Uh, so oh, we get the young right. and the old Obi Wan. Yep. And Sam Witwer was back as Darth Maul, and we get the end of Darth Maul as it is. But um, the official description, according to Wikipedia, is Maul arrives on Tatooine seeking revenge against his nemesis, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then Ezra, meanwhile, heads to the desert planet, hoping to, to reach the Jedi Master first. Now, when Ezra goes to Tatooine, where did he get the um, the name of the planet? Because I don't remember him ever knowing where this was going to be at. Even the holocrons didn't say where he was at. They, he just knew he had to find Obi-Wan. Right. It was uh, Twin Suns. Yeah, but how many? is there only one planet in the entire galaxy that has um, a binary star system? Possibly. But, um, I don't know. The, the whole thing was we were waiting this whole time to finally see old Obi-Wan Kenobi, and you get, like, three minutes of him. And the battle with Darth Maul was, that's just, Darth Maul went down not even. That was a big disappointment. That that was horrible. You get, like, five moves. Obi-Wan splits the lightsabers in half, and it doesn't even, sh- well, it's a kid, it's technically a kid's show, so you really can't show him cutting Darth Maul, but. Yeah. It's like you broke his lightsaber but, and cut him at the same time, but. Yeah, like. <sighs> I get they were probably trying to go for the, you know, Obi-Wan powerful Jedi thing, but yeah. it just felt... It's, but you think Obi-Wan 15 to 20 years... Yeah. yeah. 15 to 20 years since he's used a lightsaber, and he's um, still that much more better than um, Darth Maul, who it took Ezra and Kanan both to take down at the end of last season. Right. And they still didn't be- defeat him totally. He just... He walked away. Right. They weren't able to kill him or anything. Um, no. But it's like, this is, one of those, this is the episode I really, really, really wanted to love out of this season. Yeah. And I... Just, just, I don't know. This is uh, the first yeah. time the entire three seasons that I've had an episode that I'm like, you know what? That was a letdown. Yeah. It's just sad. I mean, I love Rebels. I've loved every episode, even the ones that other people hate. I still love them. This one here just didn't do it for me. Even though we saw Luke at the end, and you get the um, dialogue from Aunt Beru from the episode four. It's yeah, just, but yeah. I wanted to see an epic lightsaber battle between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul. Spe- yeah. Especially with the way Maul was so obsessed with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for years, all this, of this thing, he's been looking for it. This was a filler episode. Yeah. This was this an episode. Been- Go ahead. This was the episode that just did not have the... I, I feel like the season just ground to a halt with this episode. Yeah. And, and then next week, we've got the one-hour finale. Yeah. This one I, could have benefited from a one-hour episode. Yeah. I felt or like... two episodes that worked together. Very much so. I felt like this episode was supposed to originally be something more than that, but I don't know what exactly happened. Maul happened. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I... I think they would have actually been better putting this in as the um, first episode for season four and done a two-parter. Yeah. 
Especially if they wanted to, um, if they, I, I can't, I'm not going to second guess Filoni and all the guys there, but it's like if they had to put next week's episode as this one, next week's episode is basically the battle for Lothal. If they had to put that one in this one and then at, let that be the two-parter leading into the rebels moving to Dantooine at the end of it, yeah. I think it, that may have gone off better and then come back to this for the beginning of next season. Do a teaser yeah. for this at the end as a cliffhanger, knowing we're coming back and we're going to see Obi-Wan when we come back and do a two-parter to open it up. Right. Yeah, I think it was just it was just over and done too quickly. Yeah, I, I think it was just over anticipated as what it yeah, ends up. Yeah, yeah, I think so. There, there was too much hype. There really wasn't any tension in the episode and or anything. I mean, no, there was some fun stuff in there. We had Tusken Raiders attacking Ezra. Um, you do get some Obi-Wan. You get plenty of Darth Maul. You get a lot of great stuff. You get to see um, the Lars Homestead with Luke off in the distance. Right. So there was a bunch of really good stuff in there, but it just all together didn't, it just, like I said, just didn't come together. Yeah. Yeah. All the elements were there to make a great episode. But I think uh, part, the pacing of, a ha- of doing a 22-minute show with that much stuff you're trying to get in there just doesn't work for it. Especially something when it was just so lackluster. Yeah. I mean, I think oh, they could have I'm not done going with- to kill I'm not going to fight anyone and really Obi-Wan didn't just got lucky with the swing and yeah well Ezra was in there to, so that we could see Obi-Wan because you notice Ezra gets in there gets lost in the desert Obi-Wan finds him and then um, says Darth Maul's coming Ezra's like I'm going to fight no you're leaving okay and he leaves yeah that's it and then I could have done without the whole him getting lost in the desert part yeah I, I was waiting that's for a- uh, this horse with no name song to come on yeah <laughs> I wouldn't have mind if um, out of nowhere Obi-Wan actually saved him from the Tuscans, and then you get an extra yes. five, ten minutes of Obi-Wan exactly yeah. so but then again, they may not have wanted to do that because it's too close to what they did in episode four. But it would set a precedent that he he saves people in the in the waste. Right. Yeah. So. Well, I, uh, I I found it was also like too easy for Maul to figure out. Oh, you're here. You're you're here watching over someone. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I know. And they showed how long was Darth Maul on Tatooine for months and months and or a year or so or whatever it is. And then um, Ezra shows up and Obi-Wan shows up right away. Yeah. Well, he he talks about that where, yeah. you know, this is what he's got to do to, to flush him out. But still, I don't, I don't know. It's yeah, like I said, it all the elements were there. They just, it just didn't work for me. Yeah. Me no. I wish it did. It, it, I, it, was, this thing. it was a week show. Yeah. A week episode. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And this is before, um, we're recording this before we um, hear any of the online criticisms or anything so yeah i don't know how everybody else thought about it but this is from us well everybody I, I, probably loved it well i'm, <laughs> I'm seeing a, i'm seeing on facebook a lot of in memoriams in mall yeah so. it's a character that they that originally in the phantom menace he was it was a fun character and it was good a lot of people love that character but as strong as they've made him through the clone wars and up into here and this um it's almost like not a vital character but they've they've strengthened that character so much and flushed out his backstory and gave him the continuation to for this to be his finish yeah it felt too weak way too weak it was just too easy so well tell you something go ahead and then the other thing that bothered me is that was so quick that that obi-wan killed him but right before that it like took forever for them just to stand there and stare at each other yeah so it was like uh it was like a rick and marty rick and morty moment (laughs) well Last month, you know, we talked about this, uh, I think last episode, um, Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and I hate it when people go, oh, at Disneyland and Disney World, well, yeah, but it's, and they put Disney World as one word. No, it's two words, folks. Thank you. I don't know. Um, 
But at Walt Disney World and Disneyland, um, Star Wars Land opens in 2019. Well, they have announced for Star Wars Celebration, the next celebration is 2019. My guess is it's going to be Anaheim Mm. because something like this, California always gets the glory. But I wouldn't be surprised if it became a bi-coastal event because of both parks opening at the same time. I don't know if they want to do that, though, because um, Vince McMahon tried to do that with WrestleMania, too. Didn't quite work. But then, again, that was the 80s. Well, he was at three different locations as well. So. Yeah. Um, well, construction is definitely a lot more visible over at Disneyland. And uh, we're seeing frameworks of what looks like AT-ATs. Yeah. And there's a great little video of the framework being transformed animation style into AT-ATs and moving. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's a couple of videos up um, showing showing what's going on in, in California. Um, basically, it's going to be the same here in Florida as well. It's, it's whether the two lands are laid out the same way, probably not because of yeah, if space. Yeah, I remember right, they said Florida's bigger. Or it's got uh, more space. Well, we got more space, sort of. Both both lands are fourteen acres. Okay. So they're they're spreading over fourteen acres. It's how yeah, but shape of that fourteen acres. It's <laughs> the shape of that fourteen acres. Right. So. I mean, you're going to have the same same rides. You're going to have the same attractions. The shows might be slightly different in the restaurants, maybe. Um, the shops should be the same. Um, street mode is going to change slightly, obviously, but... Uh, the catch is going to be, are these ad-ads, are they going to actually be animated? Where the heads actually turn and spin? If so, that will be freaking cool. Especially, yeah. if, it's in, especially if it's in a ride. Which is what's being talked about. Because the way these are being set up, these are being, it's almost like when they built the, the ride cars for soaring. And, and there's high reaches in the soaring attraction in case of emergency. And they, and they were left there when they built the attraction because, you know, if, so, if something happens, there's no way of getting them, in, getting high reaches in to soaring. So, so the, so during construction, they put the high reach in and built around them. They're doing the same thing with these, with these ad-ads. It's going to be built around them. Hmm. Yeah. So it's going to be part of some attraction somewhere. Cool. So are we going to be in the ad-ad hangar? Oh, I certainly hope so. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, the ad-ads that, don't they have an ad-ad outside of Star Tours that they used to? They, yeah. they still do in, was here that in Florida. Partially full size, or I don't know what scale it is. It, I've obviously, never been down there, but it's two thirds scale. Okay, it, it, it's the the cockpit's not completely scaled for two people and a commander. Ah, okay. So, but um, I guess talking about commanders, let's, let's hit up uh, Gareth Edwards in Rogue One. Yes. Well, Gareth Edwards was recently down at uh, the South by Southwest Festival and delivering a, a keynote speech. That's a bucket list show for me. Uh, I know. My cousin was down there. She kept uh, posting videos and pictures. I was so jealous. She got to she got to sit in a replica of the Game of Thrones throne. I was like, ah, oh. uh, that'd be cool. Ah, uh, I know. So, but this is Star Wars, so let's focus. <laughs> focus. Uh, so after he delivered the keynote speech, stay on target. <laughs> exactly. Uh, sl- the fine folks at Slash Films uh, cornered him and. Uh, asked him some questions. They asked specifically about uh, why, about the reshoots and the original 
version of the film not working, and they said that he was surprisingly frank in his answers. That took me a second. I lost our two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that so Frank is later on in my in my article. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, he talked about certain moments needing to be cut that resulted in quite a few scenes, including ones from the epic trailer being excised completely. He said, I think the main thing that changed at the end, what used to happen, and you can get a sense of this in the early trailers, the transmission tower for the plans was separate from the main base on Scarif. To transmit the plans, they had to escape and run along the beach and go up the tower. In cutting the film, it just felt too long. I could see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we had to find ways to compress the third act, which was quite long as it was. And one real, fast, brutal solution was to put the tower in the base so they don't have to run across the beach and do all that stuff to get there. That became a decision that eliminated the shots you see in the trailer of the back of Cassian and Jin and the Adats. That was some, uh, I'm sorry, AT-ATs for some of you. No, <laughs> that was, I agree. Official from Lucasfilm is, or Lucasfilm at, Story Group is at 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 because they said it's it's supposed to be pronounced as if you're saying as if you're rhyming it with hat hat. But you know, there's still people that are going to argue. They're wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, always I'm not at saying. I always will say at at. Well, the the hard one is the the ones from from Rogue One because those are at acts. Right. Because they're the cargo transports. Uh, Sorry. That's all right. (laughs) As cool as many things are, and they really are, you can't outstay a welcome. We've all done it. We've all sat in a movie, and even if you love a film, there's that moment where you want to look at your watch, or you feel like, okay, I hope it ends soon. You don't want the audience thinking that. You don't want them to lag. If you feel that when you watch something back, you need to find a way to tighten it somewhere. That was a big win for a compression. Usually then, for me, it's um, I don't look at the watch. It's You get that feeling. Since you started the movie with that giant gut buster soda, you start to get that feeling. <laughs> like, How much uh, longer does this movie have, and can I make it? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I always make it no matter what, even if it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of this article, it says Rogue One still had parts that dragged out at points. I don't know. Well, I didn't see that. Yeah, I didn't no, I feel thought, that. Um, that third act moved perfect. I mean, it was good. Yeah. Now, in a related article on Screen Crush, uh, they, he, he talked about the Darth Vader scene at the end, which was a last-minute addition and probably one of the best scenes in the entire movie. Full of great scenes. Uh, It says, he arrives and obliterates the Calamari ship, and then the the blockade runner gets out just in time, and he pursues the blockade runner. And then Jabez was like, I think we need to get Darth on that ship. And I thought, yeah, that's a brilliant idea, and would love to do it. But there's no way they're going to let us do it. It's a big number, and we had, what, like three or four months before release? Kathy Kennedy came in, and Jabez fought, thought, uh, F it, and pitched her this idea, and she loved it. Suddenly, within a week or two, we were at Pinewood shooting that scene, which he calls the Walk of Death. Yes. Which is awesome. He asked the stunt crew to pitch him ideas for how the duel could go down. They came up with a whole shopping list of ideas. 70% were used and maybe 30% felt a little too extreme. I wonder what I wonder what the extreme things were cuz that was a pretty intense, that was a pretty intense scene. 
Maybe it's stuff that you've seen Jedi do in the prequels or something? Maybe. They were they were things you hadn't seen him do before, and I wanted to stick to what Darth Vader does in the original trilogy. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah, because you got to think that suit has got to be somewhat limiting. Yeah. He also wanted to make sure the scene was done right and not haphazardly thrown in at the last minute. We storyboarded absolutely everything and tried to have no regrets. Which, I don't see how you could have any regrets, because that scene was awesome! Oh. Yeah. Now... We talked about this before that I said I was upset that I was seeing a lightsaber in right. the film when they talked about there would be no lightsabers in the film, no Jedis, no nothing. I was like, right. okay, but now that after seeing the film, I'm like, okay, I, I'm fine that, with the saber. That totally made sense. Yeah, that, 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 puts, yeah. that scene put a lot more urgency on how fast they're trying to get out with those plans. Yeah. yeah. Close, how close it actually was. <laughs> it, also, it also gave you a really good sense of how cruel Darth Vader could really be. Yeah. Because he just wiped the floor with those poor rebels. <laughs> and the ceiling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Walls and all the little cubby holes. And-, <laughs> and he was brutal, too. It was, oh, oh yeah. it was so awesome. Major brutal. He was oh, Vader and Darth Vader. Yes. So we've not gotten since probably a Vader like this. We've not gotten since probably Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Because Jedi, he, he had mellow, they had mellowed him a little bit because of him with Luke. Right. And, and Sith, we, and in Sith, you know, we see he Vader, never, but he's pre-armor. And it's right. still, it, yeah, it's still his name. Right. Even though his name's been changed and he is Darth Vader, but. Yeah. <laughs> the only actual Darth Vader scene we see is not a good one. Oh, it's not terrible. <laughs> no! <laughs> hey, at least they added that to Return of the Jedi, so it kind of, um. That was horrible that they did that to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh I don't know. Is it, is it as bad as the blinking Ewoks? Yeah, <laughs> I would say it's worse. That that was that was hard. That was hard to read or hard to watch with the with the Ewok blinks. Like, okay, this doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, is that Morse code? I don't know. What are they? Are they saying, "Please help me"? <laughs> so, well, um, I guess that goes to me now. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, how about some Star Wars? How about some Last Jedi news, Han Solo news, Rebels, uh, some more celebration news, and more. Oh, sorry. Got stuck. Um, a lot of these are from Twitter. Um, from, from Rain C. Johnson, apparently he gave a, um, Actually, some cool, cool artwork to uh, to John Boyega. It's a picture of him in the tri, you know, like the old triangle logo, and he's almost doing the um, Home Alone pose. And it says Star Wars, Star Wars, Biohexacrypt. <laughs> There's an inside joke there. I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then from Star Wars Newsnet, we see Ryan Johnson gives a brief hint on the meaning of the Last Jedi title, and clicking the link. I'll bring up that article right now, real quick. Um, there were lots of theories and speculations posted online when it was revealed that the word Jedi is plural in the title. Ah, yes. Um, so this gives hint oh, to yeah, the meaning of the Last this. Jedi. Uh, so Nate Richter got a surprising gift for his birthday when he asked Johnson directly what the title means. And his response is, it means the final Jedi. Happy birthday. Well, duh. <laughs> um, so at, at first glance, it seems like Johnson might just be having a little bit of fun. Um, cause he uses the word final instead of last, you know, the nice little synonym. 
But however, if you think about it, it does provide some clarification on what the last could actually mean. So in the context of the story, we know Luke is most likely the last of the Jedi, meaning he's not he's the only one who remains of the ancient order. Or is he? Uh, but it's also been noted, too, that the title could include Rey and possibly unknown others, since Jedi mean, is being used in the plural sense. So, um, there's an update to the story that after the big discussion, Ryan, Ryan tweet, Johnson's tweet triggered. The director commented on the subject, clarifying that he used that word only as a synonym with no hidden or deeper meaning in it. But... Of course, that's how we all all interpret it. So, uh, getting back to some of the other tweets, um, there was some last footage or last Jedi footage details talked about. I guess coming from the shareholders meeting. Um, I think we talked about that last show, didn't we? Yeah. Well, no, we didn't because that happened actually, I believe, last week. Um, and if I remember right, I heard the I heard it from another show that uh, the footage you can't find it anywhere online, obviously. Right. But um, it was basically just almost an extended version of the final scene of Episode Seven. Yeah. So it's a, it's Luke saying "Who are you?" or something. I forget what it was. Luke says like one yeah. line, and that's all they get. So basically, it sh- basically shows that Episode Eight picks up exactly where Seven left off. Who are you, and where's my hand? Yeah. Uh, and then he gets hit in the head with it. <laughs> um, then um, Daniel Miller, uh, Twitter handle Daniel N. Miller, uh, mentions something about – no, I'm sorry. I'm missing it. Jason Ward from At Making Star Wars uh, has a fun little tidbit about Phasma's gun. It doesn't shoot anything. Um, but apparently um, – the weapon is more ornamental versus something that she actually fights with in the film. Because they, because I guess when he was talking to a source, they, um, the source kind of dropped last minute. Uh, you're going to love Captain Phasma's spear in The Last Jedi. She looks killer. Spear. Interesting. And, and the writer of this article questions spear or sphere. Either way. I'm thinking, is it closer to like a force pike? Yeah, could be. That would be or a, a modern, a modern variation on the Emperor, the Royal Guard's weapons. It's her Game of Thrones character brought to a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Perfect. So, so yeah, that's it. Wait, I didn't see anything about celebration news. Just... Uh, you got to keep going down the article. It's still, it keeps oh, going. Oh yeah, hold on a second. We got I Rogue One it. news next. I closed it out too soon. My ah. mistake. I know. Um, bad me. Bad me. Bad me. Um. Don't make us get out the spray bottle. <laughs> okay. Where's that story? <laughs> I can't. I can't find my story now. Hmm. Is this it? Ah, uh, there we go. Uh, Rogue One news. Uh, we we kind of talked about a little bit about how Rogue One should have ended. So um, no need to rehash that. Um, Han Solo news. Michael Kenneth Williams has joined the cast in the upcoming Han Solo movie. Um, of course, you know him from The Wire, Boardwalk Empire, and Assassin's Creed. Uh, and the Han Solo movie has confirmed to be filming on a Spanish island on the Spanish island of. Good luck. Port- <laughs> what? what? Fuerte Fuerte Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. Ventura. Fuerte uh, Ventura. Ventura. Yeah. What? What we all Fuerte tried Ventura. to say. What we all tried to say. Uh, My little bit of high school Spanish. Rebels news. We have hey. confirmation. Season four. Yes. Yay. So. Um, so the yeah. Picture that it shows Sabine with them. It does. I mean, that doesn't mean anything. It could have been just a stock picture, right. but still. Right. Right. 
Yeah, because that's, um, that's actually uh, probably the first or second season because it's got Ezra's old haircut. Now, uh, Filoni also announced, too, that they will be auctioning off a few Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels Island items for charity. Well, this was back in March 3rd, so let me click the link, see if we still have... No, items for sale. There is nothing at the moment, so the auction might be over. Um, and then around the web, Sean Lennon releases a new song he co-wrote with Carrie Fisher. Hmm. That could be scary. And then uh, Mark Hamill put out a tweet saying, this was a game changer for my grandparents who were sure I made a mistake going into show business. And it was uh, back when he worked with Bob Hope on something. And then Ewan McGregor is um, in the Fargo season three promo. And it's hard to recognize him. And I will say, I'm not going to tell you the character, but he is also in Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Ooh. I guess. Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to come out and say it then. He's Lumiere. Oh, oh right. That's right. So, um, artists at at Walt Disney World, or Walt Disney Company, created Stormtrooper helmets that would make Sabine jealous for Star Wars Legion. I wonder if these are going to be on display at Celebration. That'd be cool. That uh, watermelon one looks really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they, were, they, were for, they were for some, some party. Well, that's okay. Uh, if you click the link... There, there's one that's like a Ratfink helmet that almost looks like the re- the uh, the Red Baron Hot Wheels car. But yeah, I, I, I'm hoping they do some sort of helmet project at Celebration. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic threw out there that he finally got to compare lightsabers with Ahmed Best, a.k.a. Jar Jar Binks. Nice. Uh, and then The Force Awakens got J.J. Abrams to Broadway. <laughs> so apparently he did something with, with that. And then did y'all catch uh, Samuel L. Jackson on James Corden show? No. You, you know how James Corden does, hey, let's do your movie history in so many minutes? Well, they, they touch on, on Star Wars. And, and it was quite funny what they did. Uh, book-wise, we got the Thrawn book is coming out very soon. Uh, I'm really course, liking some of the artwork they're showing with it. Yeah. Um, also, too, apparently is writer Jarrett J. Krosica on his new Jedi Academy book, The Force Oversleeps. I have uh, his first two were... books that he did, which were um, Vader and His Son and Vader and His Daughter. Those oh, are yeah. hilarious, some of the stuff in those. Uh, then for comics. Well, so, action figure covers. Here we go, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike's favorite type of action of covers. <laughs> you cannot escape your discipline. You can't escape. Yeah. Or at least his action figure cover. The dark side. Yeah. This Luke Skywalker variant cover by John Tyler Christopher is coming to issue twenty nine of Marvel Star Wars. Yeah. Hope you can find a copy. Uh-huh. Um, and then they talk, and then Jedi News preview of Dr. Afra's number five. And then, oh, looky there, another action figure variant cover for yeah. Rogue One, a Star Wars story comes to Marvel this April. My, I, need, I need to call my comic book shop and get that on the, on my pull list. 
Um, and then apparently there's going to be Star Wars Celebration Rogue One variant. Oh, this must be, this has got to be Wonder World's cover. I bet you that's what it is. Cause that looks like the, uh, the, uh, early bird boxes, mailer boxes. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be the Wonder World comics. It's proud to reveal our special Star Wars Celebration limited edition, um, uh, cover of Rogue One with exclusive art by John Tyler Christopher. Uh, it's inspired by the early bird Malloway action figure set. And this features Jen Urso, a stormtrooper, and a Death Squad commander. Later renamed Death Star Commander. <laughs> um, and then there's a few more tweets talking about the different covers and some artwork from the movie. Uh, Attraction-wise, we got during Star Wars Celebration, Star Wars Galactic Nights party happening on the 14th at the at studios. Um, and, of course, the announcement of Anthony Daniels is going to be there. Um, Dave Filoni's coming to Celebration. Obviously, if they're going to be doing um, episode four or season four, and then of course Celebration skipping 2018 and going straight to 2019. So where could we be? Yeah, that's a little odd that they announced that before Celebration. Yeah. Well, they announced the year. They still haven't announced the location, and yeah. that's probably not going to well, be announced till closing ceremonies. That's what I'm wondering. Well, they may um, they may be talking the next American celebration is going to be 2019, but they may announce like a Europe or go back to Japan for 2018. They need to go to Japan. They've done Europe twice since Celebration yeah. Six. They went to Germany and they went to the UK. So, um, Star Wars Rebel, uh, of course, yeah. There's talk of Xavier Woods on uh, the Star Wars show talking about Star Wars games, which his his YouTube channel, Up, Up, Down, Down, is fun. Oh, and, yeah. And I, I love it. It's very entertaining. I'll have to check it it's out. Good stuff. Um, and of course, Anybody who doesn't know, wait a minute, because Xavier Woods is one a name that people may not know. He's actually a wrestler from the WWE. If you ever heard of the New Day, he's one of the character, one yep. of the guys from the New Day. And, and his gamer tag was his original... Um, Wrestling name. Which one? Consequences Creed? No. Or no what Apo- was Apollo that? Creed. He was oh, Apollo he Creed. Oh, he wrestled as Apollo Creed to start with? I believe so. Okay. Because in TNA, he was Consequences Creed. Right. He, he, when he came to look it up on Wikipedia, but I believe he did wrestle briefly under, um, Apollo Creed before he became Xavier Woods. Okay. Because he came out with the same, the same type of Apollo Creed type look. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, he was wearing the red white boxer or boxing shorts and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like he just stole the costumes from the from the movie. No, no, no. He was Austin Creed because Austin is actually his first name. Okay. It was Austin Creed, Austin Watson, uh, Xavier Woods, Rashid, Lucius Creed, <laughs> and Consequences Creed. Um. So apparently, just announced for Star Wars Celebration, there's going to be uh, Hot Wheels diorama builders. So the, oh, nice. So I guess uh, Hot Wheels is sponsoring the diorama, dioramas at Celebration, and there's some amazing stuff there. And I'm, apparently, it's going to be the Trench Run this year, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to... Apparently, they're giving away... Um, as part of this, there's going to be 10 exclusive buttons for this. So I need to figure out how or what the rest of the buttons are. Uh, looks like there's a U-Wing. Uh, I saw an X-Wing. I saw um, the Millennium Falcon button. And of course, these are all buttons with the car. Uh, there's a TIE Fighter button. Uh, looks like the First Order. Uh, the Falcon. Uh, it's going to be the challenge to try and get them all. So I have to play it out and see, see what I can get. Uh... Pozu reveal 
un- unveils the Poe Dameron boot and BB-8 high top sneaker. Yeah, BB-8 high top looks really cool. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, Lucasfilm's new collaboration with Tops and Authenticators Inc. brings Star Wars autographs to Star Wars Celebration. Hence, why air the prices have gone skyrocketing. <laughs> It's insane. Uh, of course, the the Code of Bayuka exclusives we talked about. Um, oh, the murder droids, B, BT and Triple Zero. That's want, so awesome. I want those. Uh, so, um, so yeah, that's all I got there. <clears throat> okay. Well, we got a couple of stories uh, here about um, actors. <coughs> the first one is we always get casting news on this guy's been cast, that guy's been cast. Well, this, we found a list of people who actually decided not to be cast in Star Wars. What? You can start the list, which is interesting, because the first one they mention here is um, a guy who actually has accepted a role in Star Wars since then. <coughs> we get Benicio True. Del Toro was originally offered the role of Darth Maul. Yeah. Imagine the difference there. Odd. <laughs> that would be That's really odd. Well, it says that he actually um, walked away from the role after his a lot of the lines were cut out of the script, and they found out that he was only going to be a couple of lines and a couple of uh, fight scenes, and that was it. Ah, and he yeah. said, you know what? I'm not worried about it. Uh, next one on the list, Burt Reynolds was originally offered the role of Han Solo. Uh, um, he decided to do uh, Smokey and the Bandit instead. Uh, I think that was a good um, choice. His, later on, Thank God. Um, yeah, well, um, he explained on Good Morning America years later after this all that happened what, um, that, it really, um, that he really didn't have a good reason to turn down the role. He's, uh, um, he says, yeah, I was busy, but no, I wasn't so busy I couldn't have done it. Well, um, Burt Reynolds didn't give any exact justification on why he declined the role. He did say that the production locations might have been a little something to do with it, or do with his decision, saying, I used to pick them by where is it being shot? Uh, perhaps it was someone, or perhaps if someone had actually told him about the Tunisian death drink in advance, he might have consi- reconsidered the opportunity. <laughs> uh, next one up, there's some big names on the list. Al Pacino was originally yeah. offered a role in the original Star Wars <coughs> Um, it says here he was offered uh, what role here? You know, it doesn't say role. what role he was offered, but it says years later he explained his decision to decline the opportunity um, by telling MTV News in 2014 that it was really just a matter of picking and choosing between a wealth of opportunities. In the late 70s, he was the hot guy. So um, his quote is, it was at the time in my career where I was... Um, where I was offered everything. He was in Godfather, so um, they didn't care if I was right or wrong for the role, if I could act or not. The fact that he was in Godfather and it had done so phenomenal, they wanted him in everything. Yeah. So he also added that he also didn't quite understand the complex script and later regarded his decision as another missed opportunity. Uh, the next one, as a lot of people already knew about, was Kurt Russell. Was on, was on another one offered the role of Han Solo. Um, the, and it, people have seen a lot that they actually have the him doing the um, script read for that. Oh, you yeah. can find the video online. Yep. But um, he actually <coughs> uh, walked away from it because he had just got a role in the TV series The Quest, which you know went on to do some phenomenal things. Yeah, yeah, in the oh, one season it had. Uh, Kurt Russell said the actor or as an actor you can't dwell on those things um, on these things or you'll go crazy things happen for a reason and I'm happy now things turned out or happy how things turned out in my career my life and career may have been different um, maybe for better maybe
opportunity for worse if I did Star Wars, but you can't focus on it. You have to move on. Sure. Um, another depicting d- d- name now is Gary Oldman. Ah. He was a ri- he was originally cast as the voice of General Grievous. Wow. But uh, he ultimately departed. I can, yeah. Yeah. Well, this one's interesting because he actually walked away from the role because of studio conflicts over the union. Huh. Oldman was expected to appear in Star Wars Episode Three: Event Revenge of the Sith, but explained that his decision to vacate the role. Um, or explained his decision to vacate the role through his rep, who said Gary was offered and agreed to perform the film. Um, in fact, he was excited and looking forward to the work. Uh, the snag that made it impossible, however, was that the film is being or the film was being made as a non-union or non-SAG film. And um, Lucas in the game or Lucas and everybody agreed to hire Oldman if he would if he in fact would become a union buster and perform the work illegally overseas. Ah. Uh, as a resident of America and also a member of SAG, out of respect and solidarity with the other members, he could not and would not consider violating the union rules. The role ultimately went to Matt Wood, who had already voiced various char- characters in both the other previous films and returned to do voiceovers in The Force Awakens. And um, people don't, who don't know that name, he had, a, I believe he was a sound designer for The Clone Wars also and Rebels. Yeah, yes. He he was Ben Burt's original assistant uh, during the prequels. Ah. Yeah. So, and Matt Wood is everywhere. If you actually look at his credits and stuff, he's all over Star Wars. Uh, well, um, he... He has literally pretty much stepped into um, Ben Bart's shoes. Yeah. Uh, the next one I'm going to skip to the end, uh, but we got Christopher Lee, which is funny because Christopher Lee, everybody knows, is Count Dooku. Well, he originally turned down the role of Grand Moff Tarkin yeah. in Episode 4. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Well, um, it says, interestingly enough, the role ultimately went to Peter Cushing, which we all remember, um, who was actually his um, Christopher Lee's uh, multi-time um, foil or... Um, um, and co-star in the Hammer Horror movies. <clears throat> and his friend. Yes. Um, although he might have been apprehensive about joining the series the first time around, he later said that he joined the prequel trilogy because of his admiration for the imagination that went into the movies. He um, he told TK421 from the vo- the Force.net, um, I usually was I naturally was amazed at the brilliance of George Lucas. You have to remember that in the case of a film like Lord of the Rings, they were taken from books that had already been written. What makes Star Wars so extraordinary is that all of the stories, the special effects, the whole concept comes from the mind of one man, George Lucas. The books come afterwards, and but the vision is quite amazing. The next one is one I didn't know the name of, but um, when they now said what he did, I recognized a lot of his work um Toshiro Mifune oh yes uh- yeah. Now, everybody, most people know that Lucas was highly inspired by Akira, Akira Kurosawa's um, samurai films. And um, because of that inspiration is what he used to build the Star Wars universe. Um, so it shouldn't be too surprising to learn that he originally tried to recruit one of the director's biggest alumni um, to appear in the original installment of the franchise. Now, Toshiro Mifune, um, who appeared in several of Kurosawa's prize movies, was offered not one, but two roles in the Star Wars series. He was offered both Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader. He turned them down. Um, he turned them down and his daughter revealed to the Hollywood reporter that he did it because he was concerned about how the film would look or would look and that it would cheapen the image of samurai on which George Lucas had based a lot of the characters and fighting styles. Right. Now, at the same time, or at that time, sci-fi movies still looked 
pretty cheap usually, and um, and the effects were not all that advanced. And he had a lot of samurai pride. Now um, we we all know that Obi Wan originally actually went on to Alec Guinness, and Obi Wan or Vader was voiced by James James Earl Jones, and it was played by David Prowse for most of their scenes. Right. So um, and then the next one, I don't know this name. I don't, do you guys know Lindsay Anderson? No, not really. No. Obviously, an old time director and actor, but it said before Alan Webb um, nabbed the role of Emperor in um, Episode Six, uh, Return of the Jedi, Lindsay Anderson was. A originally offered the part. The celebrated actor-director reportedly turned down the role over scheduling conflicts with um, his work at the helm of his film, Britannia Hospital, he was directing. Uh, coincidentally, the film which contended for um, the, pre- the prestigious Palme d'Or at Cannes Film Festival starred Mark Hamill, and everybody knows who, him from Luke Skywalker. Uh, the next one is one I think I had heard of, Leonardo DiCaprio. Before Hayden Christensen signed on to play Anakin Skywalker, Leo DiCaprio was actually offered the role. Weird. He, DiCaprio later told the Shortlist magazine, um, I did have a meeting with George Lucas about that, adding that while the director wanted him for the role, DiCaprio just didn't feel ready to take that dive um, at that or take the dive at that point. DiCaprio was has never been much of a franchise movie guy, but the prequels might have been very different had he made that decision. Um, the next one is another one that Christopher <clears throat> Lee he turned down the role and ended up picking it up later. This is one he took the role originally and then turned it down later. We have Dennis Lawson, which is it's kind of interesting because um, he was actually offered to bring. Wedge Antilles back for episode 7, The Force Awakens, but he declined the chance to revisit the pilot, the rebel pilot um, in the 2015 film because of space fatigue or something. The actor who'd appeared in all three installments of the original trilogy reportedly said at an event in 20 th- or for his 2013 film, The Machine, they asked me, or they asked me, but it just would have bored me. Huh. Lawson, well, that, he's got a reputation for this. Um, Lawson had reportedly also turned down a chance to play um, Wedge Antilles ancestor in Episode 3 of Revenge of the Sith, saying, Honestly, I made the first Star Wars film in 1976, and it doesn't really interest me. I know it's interesting to other people, but I just, I get really bored talking about it. Sorry. <laughs> well, so, um, yeah. Alrighty then. The other, one, the other one that turned it down is most people know that um, Jim Henson was um, originally offered the chance to um, create and um, do the character of Yoda. Now, um, Master Puppeteer Jim Henson is owed some serious credit for the very existence of Yoda because during the making of Star Wars in London, the Muppet Show was being filmed across the street, and that's yeah. when Lucas saw an opportunity to work with Henson on a puppet-like character. Lucas reportedly consulted with Henson during the creation of the special effects um, enhanced Yoda, uh, the same tech- technology that would be later used, or would later come in handy for Henson's own dark Crystal and Labyrinth. Um, he even offered Henson the role of Yoda, but Henson had was already pressed for time with his own projects, um, though, and turned to frequent collaborator Frank Oz with the opportunity to star in Empire instead. As Oz remembered, Jim called me into his trailer and showed me a sketch of Yoda, and it felt right. Sometimes you have to work at something before you have that feeling, but this uh, felt really good, and uh, history knows the rest of that. Yeah. Um, but that actually leads right into our next story, which. Um, Frank Oz was out at South by Southwest, and he was actually on a premiere of, or he was at the world premiere of Muppet <coughs> Guys Talking, the secrets behind the whole world, or the secrets behind the show The Whole World Watch. Now, um... And we did. Yes. Oh, Several yeah. I love that show. Uh, now, Screen Rant 
went and actually got a chance to um, ask him a couple questions, and they wanted to know his opinion about the continuous debate, the Star Wars debate between practical and visual effects, and uh, Frank Oz, being a puppeteer who handled the original trilogy's Yoda, um, defended the Jedi Master CGI replacement also. Well, it's not just puppeteer. you got to think, Frank Oz is a very um, acclaimed and accredited um, director and actor also. Oh, yeah. Yes. There's a lot of movies he directed, so he's seen both from the puppet side of it and behind the camera. Right. Now, um, Frank's, um, Frank's quotes here was, um, they're all just valid forms. They're all just ways to get someone or something on screen that doesn't exist in real life. And they have their pros and cons. CG can mean total freedom of the camera, total freedom of the subject and the lighting, and everything can be manipulated any way you want. And that's a great strength. But on the other side, it's hard to animate characters with realistic movement. You've probably noticed that. That's why motion capture came along. It helps to improve on what you can do as an animator to get realistic motion. But then on the other side of the coin what we can do or what we do is very crude and primitive what the muppets were are very simple or what the muppets are very simple figures they're not sup- or sophisticated they're not complex but they're really there they're actually there that really happens. You can touch them. You can interview them. And you can talk to them. You can shake hands with them. You can, re- And it's really happening. Whereas anything that's done digitally with animation never actually happens. Right. It's, not that, it's not that one is better than the other. They're, they're equal. They're, for a given project, you might choose one medium over another. I don't, see th- I don't see them as competitive. They're just tools, different tools that do the same kind of thing, which I like that point of view. Yeah. 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 Then, that makes uh, sense. Later on, he actually was um, defending George Lucas's conversion. <laughs> or that controversial decision to rely on CG for the prequels and he says as a filmmaker George needed to tell a particular story and this story that he needed to tell was a um, had a big or was a big fight with Yoda and he, he could not um, do that with a puppet it was impossible um, so he had to had the choice of either dumping that part of the story or stay with the story which he felt strongly about or cha- or just change Yoda so he did what any storyteller would do and he chose the way he could actually tell the story on screen right now um, it says it finished up here with um, it's very generous of Oz to think so highly of the CGI that replaced his work in Star Wars. His comments definitely make a point. Both methods are simply tools to help deliver the story on the screen. As long as the visual and practical effects um, remain pleasing to the eye and serve the story well, there's no harm in using either one. So I, yeah. I actually feel very, very similar to that. It's like it all depends on what the situation uses because we see um, right. in The Phantom Menace when we see the original original version of it with the Yoda puppet it's nowhere near as good as um, the CG one they put in later right so, but yeah, it's kind of cool to see someone like of the level of Frank Oz actually defending the prequels. That makes sense. Well, he's not defending the prequels; he's just defending well, the, the, Yoda yeah, and the, prequels. the Yoda and use of the CG. It makes sense, though. So, um, and then we're moving on from here. We got. Uh, let me look at my rundown. I think we're moving on to. I think you had this story next, Eric, about the ah new yes. sticker books. Yes. Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I was a kid, I used to love collecting the, the uh, sticker books, especially for Star Wars. So it looks like Tops is going to be bringing back some of the vintage Star Wars stickers, sticker books that they used to have. Uh, the Star Wars franchise offers a lot of collectibles to fans. Really? I, I never have really seen any. 
<laughs> From figures, toy vehicles, statues, to model kits, there's a whole lot of Star Wars merchandise that a fan can choose to collect. I have an entire corner of my of my room upstairs that has nothing but Star Wars stuff. Oh, yeah. My my whole house has stuff here and there. Luckily, yeah. my wife's an enabler. <laughs> I know. Actually, I have, I have a little light-up Yoda right here. As we speak. Oh yeah, well I have that. that one, but I have mine's a Millennium Falcon. I love. Yeah, I want to get that one too. I've seen an ad at one too that I want to get in a Darth Vader. Uh, let's see. But now the franchise is adding a Star Wars sticker book for fans who enjoy collecting small adhesive tokens. <laughs> Sold on Amazon for eight bucks. That's a good deal. Wow. The Star Wars Tops Classic sticker book is set to come out on April fourth of this year. Uh, the sticker book is the first sticker book to collect more than 250 iconic Star Wars stickers, many reproduced in their original size, released by Topps between 1977 and 1983. As an added bonus, this collection also includes 18 stickers from the Journey to Star Wars The Force Awakens promotion, featuring a mix of classic characters from the original films and new characters from Episode Seven. In the back are five pull-out posters, so you can make your own unique sticker creations on one side, or display a recreation of a classic top Star Wars puzzle poster on the other. Whether you're a life posters, I know. Whether you're a lifelong Star Wars fan like us, or if you have just discovered the epic saga, this is the perfect package for fans of all ages to enjoy. And it's got uh, some nice pictures of the stickers here that I actually oh, yeah. remember some now, of these. Originally, weren't these inserts in the um, trading card packs? Uh, some uh, of them were, yes. That's what I thought. Because I, I remember um, as a kid in the 80s, it's like trading cards were huge. Yes. But this was before collectible card games and stuff. So, I mean, trading cards are still uh, still pretty far up there now. but not Yeah, not like it used to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and these were, yeah, exactly. So it should be. It says it's going to reproduce them in the same size. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So so here here's the question. Yeah, we're talking about the trading cards. We're talking about the stickers. Um, I remember a lot of them from the red series, blue series, the green series of oh, yeah. the original. Do you guys remember the uh, the cards that were in the Wonder Bread Wonder Bread loafs? I don't remember what they were, but I do remember that happening. Yeah, I remember it for um, both Star Wars and Battlestar Galactica. Yes, I know Battlestar. I, um, when Battlestar came out, I think they tried to do a lot of the same marketing as Star Wars, and obviously it just didn't work well for them. But yeah, <laughs> but that's a series that has lived on and is still going strong today with the fans. Yep. So. But I believe that now brings you to um, books, doesn't it, Mike? It does. Um, these are the following comics coming out between now and April 5th. Uh, comic, comics, trade paperbacks, etc. Um, Darth Maul, number two, uh, second of five. Uh, writer is Colin Bunn, and it's a Jedi Padawan has been captured by Sinister Forces, is the uh, preview on that. Star dun, Wars dun, number dun. Star Wars number 30, <laughs> with a very action figure variant cover. Don't know, probably won't see it. <laughs> wow, it's already up to 30. Yeah, can you yeah. believe that? Uh, um, it, it seems like a battle from Yoda's past has come to Luke's present. Luke has stumbled upon the last native on the planet. 
Now, I'm, I'm going to say, going back to the action figure coverage, it's not JTC's fault, John Tyler Christopher's fault. It's it's distribution, whether it's Marvel themselves or or, or Diamond this, that's making it Yeah, this sounds like a Diamond thing. It's just making it difficult to get. And go check out, was it issue 156, 157, Mighty Marvel Geeks? And I, I lay into I lay into the <laughs> whole rant. Very <laughs> Derek knows what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think I was justified. We could hear angry Mike. I think I was justified and dead on with it too. So. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, if they're gonna put out something like this, they didn't make it so people can actually get it. Yeah. Well, make sure two thir- make sure all your stores are getting it, not just a third. Yeah. I mean, if you want to limit it, that's fine. But still, make sure all the stores can get at least one or two, and then it yeah. becomes just whoever gets to the store first gets it. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rogue One, Star Wars Rogue One adaptation is gonna be part one of six. Um, of course, the Rebellion is here. The biggest movie of of the year jumps from the big screen to the comic book page. All looks lost for the Rebellion against the Empire as they learn of the existence of a new super weapon, the Death Star. New heroes Jyn Erso, Cassian Andor set out on desperate mission to steal the plans to destroy the new super weapon. So it's written by Jody Hauser and drawn by Emilio Lieso. Um also too coming out is a Star Wars box set slipcase. This is this is kind of cool. Celebrate Star Wars with a box set that you need to be force strong to lift. Enjoy adaptations of every film in the series so far. Plus a prelude to The Force Awakens. Follow Luke Skywalker and his fellow rebels into the all-new adventures of the first collection of Marvel's best-selling Star Wars series and turn to the dark side with Darth Vader's own debut volume, which he has another one coming out, which is a prequel to the original series. Yes. Or the original Vader series. Uh, then savor a, a stunning gallery of Star Wars covers by Marvel's greatest artists. Um... This includes Star Wars Episode One, uh, Phantom Menace hardcovers, uh, Attack of the Clones hardcover, uh, Revenge of the Sith hardcover, Star Wars hardcover. I refuse to call it a New Hope. Empire Strikes <laughs> Back hardcover, Return of the Jedi hardcover, Journey to the Force Awakens hardcover, Shattered Empire, The Force Awakens adaptation hardcover, um, Vader Number One hardcover, uh, Star Wars Heroes for a New Hope hardcover. Star Wars, the Marvel covers, hardcover, and Star Wars box set poster. Price of this box set? 100 bucks? <laughs> uh, 350 bucks. Ouch! That is the suggested retail. I have another suggestion. <laughs> I won't say it. I won't go there. Also coming out is Star Wars Special Edition New Hope hardcover. Uh, of course, this is just revisiting the the original movie is collecting uh, Star Wars New Hope Special Edition 1 through 4. Okay. And then DK has got the Star Wars Visual Encyclopedia coming out. If it's not out already, uh, it might be. Double checking. I don't know if it's... Now, it's coming out. Uh, you can pre-order now. It'll ship on April 4th. Okay. And it's cool. covering more than 2,500 characters, creatures, planets, vehicles, droids, weapons, technology, and more from the Star Wars universe. This visual wow. tour is the ultimate compendium for the epic saga and beyond. Nice. Yeah. Well, the nice thing with DK, a lot of people look at those books and say, oh, they're either with the kids' stuff or they're just sitting on the book, their coffee table book. And they look like a kid's book always. But right. these books have a lot of great information in them that you're not going to 
can get anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. So they're not written for kids, even if they look like they may look like it sometimes. True. But they're written in a way that kids enjoy them also. Yeah. Like I have right here the absolutely everything you need to know about Star Wars. And this thing had some great information in here. So um, then how about this from Twisted Tales of Star Wars? It'd be a great little segment title. Okay. Star Wars fan killed his wife after she asked after she smashed his toy collection. I saw something like oh. that about that. Now this popped up recently, and I'm looking at the story. This was dated November 3rd, 2011, and updated March of 2012. But still, wow. quite intriguing that um, he he murdered his wife because she smashed his Star Wars collection. Wow. I don't know um, about murder, but that that might be a divorceable offense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so on that note, any final thoughts before my dogs drive me nuts? Um, nah, my new little went over and went to bed, so I think no I've all talked out for today. Yeah, I think so. I think I am as well. So on that note, um, next show's in a couple weeks because uh, you know, we do this bi-weekly. Um, hopefully we could get... Um, Oh, artist name. Oh, Jeff Carlisle. Yeah, yes. hopefully in the next couple episodes, we're going to have artist Jeff Carlisle on the show talking about um, Star Wars' artwork celebration. He's had art prints in, the la- in I, bl- I think, almost every celebration he's had a print at. So Cool. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And hopefully we'll, ha- we'll have some more celebration news. Maybe we'll, we'll even do like a survival guide for celebration. The things to do, things not to do. Um, things to like, do. Go to celebration. Things. <laughs> to do tip your cabbie things not to do tip your friends because you tip your friends Fre- they'll hurt yeah but friend tipping's always fun sometimes they deserve it <laughs> T- tip your cabbie don't tip your cow <laughs> there you go <laughs> so um if there's nothing else there's only one thing left to be say to be said give the evacuation code signal all right cut the chatter jinx i can hold it pull up no i'm all right <laughs> I have placed information vital to the survival of the Rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2!